White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter, Ecknerwall23. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox. If you want to leave us a voice message, 312-566-8727 or LockedOnSox at gmail.com. It is a awesome night. Every night that you can beat the Twins. It's an awesome night. Chris Tannehill, how are you doing? And how's my man Bill doing? Oh, Billy. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. Episode 264, and we are brought to you today by Locked On Prospects. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked On MLB Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Sox win. That was not a particularly enjoyable baseball game. That was I may eat all my built bars tonight uh, with uh, anxiety eating, but uh, the Sox are able to narrowly, narrowly eke out a victory over the Minnesota Twins, seven to six tonight. I can say tonight because we're going to have this show up uh, a Tuesday evening because of the rain out yesterday, so we can not do the fake, uh, you know, for the listeners that, that get it in the morning. Tonight's game. was That was a great game tonight, uh, but we uh, we will start with some news here. Huge news coming out earlier today uh, that we're all very excited about, and that, of course, is the trailer for the Sopranos movie. Uh, Many Saints of Newark is now uh, available for you to see. No, folks, uh, Luis Robert has been cleared to increase the level of his baseball activities at the Sox facility in Arizona. A rehab stint is possible in about a month, so right before the trade deadline. And also, Eloy Jimenez says on his Instagram that he is almost back to the game Mm. with ice in his veins. And also uh, on the the, uh, little sadder news, uh, Evan Marshall departed that game in the seventh inning and uh, did not look good. He looked like he was having some issues with the – yeah. Well, what we saw with Glass now a couple weeks back, where losing feeling in the in the pitching hand. So, you know, we uh, prepare for the wor- you know uh, you know hope for the best, but expect uh, the worst or whatever the saying is. I don't know at this point, um, but it doesn't look good. You already needed uh, some right-handed arms down there, but we will get to a guy who stepped up in uh, his stead in just a little bit. But we begin where we always begin, Herb, with Lucas Giolito tonight. He was. Shaky early, and uh, I, you know, I thought this game was doomed from the start, giving up the two spot, uh, courtesy of the Josh Donaldson two run shot in the first inning. But he settles in very nicely, does Lucas, and he finishes going six innings, allowing six hits, three runs. They were earned, one walk, uh, but only one strikeout, but uh, good enough for the victory tonight. What do you think about Lucas's outing? I think uh, it's just different. He's not the guy that we thought was an ace, but 
battled through today with some subpar stuff and got early outs. That's what I was liking, Lucas, after the first inning where you said the same thing. Like, I was like, oh, God, if you're getting touched up by Josh Donaldson early in this game, man, Cruz is coming up. Got other co- couple hitters that can uh, knock you out. Max Kepler, of course. And I was like, man, it's going to be a long night for Lucas, and we're going to be off this, and then we're going to be having some anxiety because Cleveland's just inching up to us because they're playing off their ass, pitching and hitting well now. So you're like, ah, damn it, we're going to lose to the goddamn Twins. But Lucas battled after that and got, I think, what, one strikeout the whole day? Yep. Is that that right? Like six innings, six-plus innings, three earned runs, and one strikeout. That is... Surprising. You know, the twins don't strike out a lot, but I thought Lucas had good enough stuff, especially late with that changeup, that he should be striking out more people. I don't know what's going on. Well, they might be getting to it a little bit. Yeah. So a couple of things. I didn't uh, see some tweets out there saying that his average spin rate was down. Uh, comparative to before they started doing the the checks and um, you know something that could coincide with that is after Donaldson's home run if you go back and watch the Minnesota Twins home broadcast you can see uh, as Donaldson's crossing home plate and uh, this is a tweet by Paul Sullivan as well who noted it uh, in the moment Uh, Twins Josh Donaldson after homering off Lucas Giolito allegedly yelled on his way to the dugout quote it's not sticky anymore and if you go back and watch the video, you know you don't have to be a lip reader because you can actually hear it pretty well. Um, the uh, Twins broadcasters are talking over it, but he definitely uh, says it as far as I'm concerned. Now, hopefully, we'll be able to uh, add some of the post-game context to that if Lucas Giolito is going to comment on it or if Josh Donaldson himself is going to elaborate on that. We'll, we'll have it for you. But we saw the note about the spin rate possibly being down. Not possibly. It was down. And just, you know, I, I saw the Twins following off a lot of good hitters' pitches Last night, now it's certainly possible that Giolito was was getting some help, but the velocity was actually up uh, despite the the spin rate going down. So maybe he was trying to overcompensate and throw it a little bit harder. But I saw still a guy with with some pretty good pitches out there in his repertoire, and the Twins are just they're on fire right now. Every team that the Sox are playing is playing well of late, and the, and the Twins did a lot of uh, nice you know nice job by them spoiling uh, several good hitters pitches or pitchers pitches I should say. And, you know, they just could not convert after that first inning. And I'm sorry, Josh Donaldson, congratulations. You, you took, uh, you know, Giolito deep, uh, you know, second row, I think it was. You know what I mean? Like, you know, congratulations, man. If that that's what you, what you think it is, you know, more power to you. Like He said some stuff, too, about somebody else. Uh, I forgot who well, it was. Oh, Garrett by, Cole. By Garrett Cole. Yeah, yeah, the Garrett Cole thing, pretty much it's the whole thing started with uh, comments from Josh Donaldson. And, you know, he's proven not to be wrong in that regard if you look at Garrett Cole's the spin rate the past few starts and the results that coincide with it it's not not looking pretty good for the Yankees or Garrett Cole but you know you know they they weren't able to do anything after that and I I wonder if that sort of lit a fire under Lucas because after that happened he sort of looked uh, locked in and I thought it was going to be a bad night for him after that rough start but to his credit man he was able to to you know settle in and hold down a pretty potent lineup there and spin rate or not sticky stuff or not he was able to get the job done and do what an ace does you know we've seen this oftentimes with Lucas where struggles a bit early but then settles in and you know the, I think it is encouraging that he did not have his plus plus stuff 
tonight. I, I, I might be concerned, you know, going forward here, but just in terms of tonight's game, it was good that he was able to shut them down uh, after they looked like they were pretty. They had a little pep in their step, the Twins did, after that uh, first half inning. But the Sox respond. They get one on the board immediately after that. So Lucas Giolito had some thoughts for Josh Donaldson, as we suspected. And here is Lucas Giolito after the game being asked about what Josh Donaldson said after he crossed home plate. Donaldson yelled something along the lines of, it's not sticky, not sticky anymore after his home run in the first. Did you pick up any of that? And what's your reaction to him saying that? I saw it after the fact. I mean... (sighs) He's a fucking pest. Uh, you know, that's kind of a classless move. If you're going to talk shit, talk shit to my face. Oh, you can go, you know, cross home plate and do all that. Just come to me. James, you have another one. <laughs> I mean, uh, is that something you've dealt with him before uh, along those lines? No, no, it's just annoying. We won the W's next to my name there in last place. Oh. <laughs> the truth. Oh, truth bombs from Lucas. I love it, man. We don't get to see Lucas like that often, but that certainly is, is warranted if he feels like he was, you know, uh, mislabeled a, as a cheater. Like, that's kind of a bold <laughs> accusation to make about somebody is to their face on the field that they're cheating. You know what I mean? Like, Josh Donaldson just thinks everyone's cheating, and, and he's, the, you know, he's flawless out there on, on the diamond. So I love hearing that from Lucas, man. Yeah, oh my God, just fire. You know, we hate the Twins. So, yeah, when we go and get our Twins and we get the dub and then we talk shit, it feels great. It feels awesome. Man, that's that's our captain out there. I mean, that man, you know, doesn't take any guff. I'm sure he's fine with the celebration, fine with a, a little yapping. But, you know, you going to talk. I'm a man. I'm right here. You see me six five on the mile, sixty six <laughs> inches, six feet from you. Come on through. We'll, we can settle it. So yeah, I like my captain talking. It's nice. Let's go. I'm not saying that Donaldson's wrong, <laughs> but I'm also not saying we should back down to that. You shouldn't back down to that. You gonna talk? You better, you better back it up, bum. Oh, Dylan's in a tough spot tomorrow, but we'll get to him later. And uh, before we get to the offense, let's get into. Uh, the bullpen this evening. This this one was uh, just a nail biter. Twins definitely did. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, you know, a lot of it due to Evan Marshall's struggles, and it looked like it was something physical there. But he was getting touched pretty hard. And you know, but you look at some of the other guys in the bullpen tonight uh, getting the job done. You know, again, we we mentioned this the other day in the last show, the last victory. Ryan Burr, man, has just been a revelation. He comes in and not only bails out Marshall, he goes an inning and a third and gives up nothing across. Just, you know, uh, not hard contact. He's not overpowering anyone, and you're you know, wondering if that's eventually going to catch up to him. But now he's just he's getting the job done in a high-leverage spot coming in in the eighth inning, the end of the seventh and into through the eighth, and he's given up no earned runs this year, but just a job well done by Ryan Burr, man. Like, you know, if you lose one arm in, in Marshall, you feel good that the next man up, Ryan Burr, can step up, uh, at least for now, and uh, and sort of answer that question. Yeah, and Tony's doing a good job of riding the hot hand. You know, he gave him an opportunity when he first came up to get jobs done, and he has done it the whole year with a zero ERA. Every time he comes to the game, I feel no dread. I feel like this guy is going to have the nice bridge to what other 
is next. It's Liam like it was tonight or whoever is behind him. Ryan Burr is, you know, as I said the other day, not anything special, not anything special that I thought in 2019 when he went out. I was like, I said this for the man. He's got that Tommy John, but also, you know, you know, he's not for the future. I wasn't a guy that I heard more of like Zach Brody. Uh, if he went down and when he did de- go down, I was like, ah, that's yeah. going to be a tough break because he's like right here. And I he's one of the what a sandwich pick uh, between the first and second round a couple of years ago. And so I think that he's very valuable to the team. So Ryan Burr is showing up and he's one of those probably one of those people is like, hey, you count me out. Maybe I'm not the top pick like Zach Birdie, but I'm going to go out here and shove. I'm outperform Zach Birdie, and I hope Zach Birdie takes us as a challenge and says, you know what, I'm I'm still first-round pick. Yeah, maybe we're going to try to match you. Yeah, maybe we're overlooking uh, Ryan Burr a little bit. You know, he was here a lot during those lean years getting experience, and, you know, that, that whole time maybe that was – uh, good for his his learning curve, you know, being here and and being comfortable at the major league level because he looks like a guy who's totally comfortable and in complete control when he's out there and he doesn't look phased by anything and you know he's being thrown into a pennant race here and, and put in a high leverage spot and he doesn't bat an eye and he's been responsible for uh, the the last three games that the White Sox have won he's been a huge part of of their success here fortifying the end of that bullpen but then Liam Hendricks comes in in the ninth inning and uh, you know. Oof. Uh, made it interesting, that's for sure. Uh, whenever you 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 hit the first batter of the inning, uh, that's what the key was to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, whenever you give the free pass, whether it's a walk or a hit by pitch to the first batter of the inning, you you, you breathe life into the offense who didn't really need uh, you know resuscitating at that point. It was a pretty mm-hmm. live lively offense going into that inning, uh, but they got help. But just you know, watching him with, with that slider, um, you know, I worry about the Sox not having a solid defensive catcher in there in the ball game for a situation like that because even though we got out of it with the fly out you're thinking mm-hmm. if he goes to that slider again that ball is getting by Zach Collins and all of a sudden the game is tied like I, I hope yeah this is something that Rick Hahn can address at the deadline is getting a, a solid defensive catcher back there for if you got to carry three catchers so be it you know I, I, gets, I mean they're already doing it right now with your mean I, I know um but once once Eloy comes back you know who yeah there's it's just a lot of redundancies here uh, too many uh questions and not enough answers really but that I was so worried that that was going to happen and, and they were going to get have another pass ball because I did not like his setup on the one that did get by him you know just not just not a natural born catcher in my opinion it's still I, I you know he, I know he caught the no hitter we all know that but just it did not look good back there and Liam didn't do uh many favors for him tonight but he was not able to uh to really corral that that slider but he's got to be able to trust his catcher in those spots that he's going to cover it up yeah and usually if this is a regular White Sox twins thing when you hit the first batter and you bring up Nelson Cruz as the tie, tying run, that ball's going far. It's going over the fence. And this time, Liam had some premium stuff. That slider he threw that was in the dirt that Zach could not corral was nasty. And then my man Nelson's like, I hit it. I tipped it. Look, you didn't see it? And he's the replay. The man missed a whole foot. But, you know, veteran move, trying to get himself another at bat. But, yeah, Liam... Uh, we do need a catcher that's going to solidify that stuff because so many guys on the twins got extra bases in that inning alone, just from, you know, you know, you've called the pitch. So get prepared for a ball. That's going to be in the dirt. It's going to take some weird hops. And I don't know, like you were, this is lucky that we didn't 
lose this game because that hose throw to third base was a little questionable. And like you said, if one more of those sliders goes in the dirt, we got a tie game and we got to try to battle this Twins team that just came back from five runs down. And it feels like the old time. So it's good to solidify the victory, get get the dub over the Twins, no matter what. The win in this case is the most important thing. Absolutely. We'll take a quick time out and talk about the offense tonight and uh, and a, a strong Major League debut for a Sox top prospect. That's next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Rock Auto. You know, friends, there's so many different makes and models of cars these days. It's become impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that your car is ever going to need. So why endure that often pointless or seemingly intimidating process of asking the person behind the counter if they have the parts that you need and they ask you the question like, is your Honda Odyssey an LX or is it an EX? And you don't remember. Uh, you just want to drive the thing out of there and make sure you're good. So why endure all that when you can get all the parts that your car is ever going to need at rockauto.com? For example, there's a, a rental car crisis going on in America right now. A lot of people are trying to find rental cars at their vacation destination only to find out that a lot of places have gotten rid of their fleets uh, during covid so, you know, my dad is looking to go out to California and he's trying to make sure that his car is running in tip top shape. So I told him he's buying all these auto parts coming up here. I said, if you're going to do that, go to rockauto.com because they're going to have all the parts that your car is going to need no matter what make and model for your vehicle you're looking for. But best of all, you're going to save time and money when you go there because you don't have to go to one of these big chain storefronts and only to find out that they don't have the parts that your car needs. Plus, why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store when you don't have to? Or even your car dealership? Forget about it. RockAuto.com is a family business, friends, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers like you and I online for over 20 years. They've got everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So if you're hitting the open road this summer, go to RockAuto.com. You don't want to get stranded out there. Make sure your car is running tip-top shape. You'll see all the parts available for your car or truck and do us this favor. Write Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You mentioned Nelson Cruz. Who needs him at DH? Kyle Schwarber, who needs him when you've got Gavin Sheets, folks? Uh, an awesome Major League debut for the youngster. He goes out there, gets his first hit of his big league career in his first at-bat, gets that out of the way, but goes on and he ends up going two for four with a run scored and two RBI. Um, just a, an amazing debut for Gavin Sheets. A little rough ride in that outfield there, but a left-handed stick is is what they needed, and it's for the short time here, uh, you know, maybe he can give them a little spark, but you had to be impressed with his debut at the plate. Amazing performance by Gavin Sheets. Came up a couple of weeks ago and didn't get any at-bats or any playing time in those games, and he said pregame today that having that experience already for two games, I believe it was, calmed him it made his nerves go away because he's already been there he's done that and so to get his first start his first opportunity to get a bat 
kind of was relaxing and it was chill out. It was this is the same thing I've gone through. It's I've gotten out my major league debut already. I've been here in the show. Now I'm just taking my first at bats here. So let's just calm down and do the thing. And that first hit solid, nice slider uh, was a slider or a splitter up. He took it the opposite way. I love that from the kid. And then the second hit where the double down the left field line. Beautiful. Great base running. Just put bats a ball and he you know, had the tough bat versus the lefty there, but he's not there for batting, battling tough lefties. He did a good job versus a really tough pitcher in Kenta Maeda to start your career off like with that type of guy, even though he was kind of off tonight. It's still kudos to Gavin Sheets. He's been in the minors for a couple of years. Uh, I didn't think of a, a huge prospect coming up or a guy that will be you know, in the future for the White Sox to be counting on. But Tony talked about him in the spring training and said, this guy is limitless and I would love to be his agent. So Gavin showed me a couple of things that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to, to get back to to the beginning they had there um, in the uh, the third inning when they were able to, to, to nod it up and eventually take the lead, that inning set up after the Abreu walk, uh, all of a sudden, uh, Yasmani Grandal channeled the White Sox post-game show callers of, of yesteryear asking, <laughs> why don't your your highest-paid players, why don't they ever drop the bunt down in the third baseline? They're, it's right there. they got a big hole right there. Why don't they just ever drop the bunt down? I'll never understand. And he does it. Uh, he drops the bunt down there. And, uh, and he's, they set up. Uh, the the big inning there, at least uh, you know, considering their offense, you know, it's relative the big inning, but they're still able that that was it, man. That was huge. That was a big part of it. Um, other uh, worthwhile notes here. Uh, when you check out the lineup and what they did tonight, uh, T.A. Uh, back uh, in the hit column, back in the RBI column, he goes one for five. He's down to 293 here, but maybe that 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 knock he was able to get tonight, maybe that'll lead to something good because, man, it's a d- different offense when he's not hitting. Exactly. And man, it's good to have him. It seems like, you know, it's anecdotally him and the brothers in the side of the uh, dugout chilling. They were roasting. They were roasting my guy, Andrew Vaughn, I think, after he tried yeah. to after he took off after the, the foul ball had already been hit. It was it was all, all the brothers were over there. You yeah. had, had Timmy, <laughs> Tim and Billy Hamilton and, uh, and Goodwin Brian were over there. They were yeah. all over there. They were all cracking jokes at Andrew Vaughn. I don't like that, <laughs> but but they're but they're a tight knit group. But I like that, you know. So, but I thought that was a pretty funny moment in the in the game. Uh, that's good. It was fun to see him, you know, just having a good time. You know, he has friends with white yeah. and Latino friends, but it was good to see him and the brothers roasting on the Vaughn. Uh, but yeah, it's awesome to see him do the things that he needs to do for this offense. I was just tweeting a little bit ago that the White Sox have seventy two home runs on the year, and this is their seventy eighth game. It's very, very seldom you have a White Sox team have less home runs than games played. And the only two teams below them, by the way, are the Pittsburgh Pirates, who almost got no hit tonight in Colorado, and the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are terrible. So it is awesome for this offense to do what it does. And it's not a great offense. It's above average offense, actually. I mean, I would say probably like top 10, if not top five in uh, weighted on base, on base percentage, and way to runs created plus the White Sox get runs, but they do this without the benefit of a home run. And Timmy is the catalyst to that. If he's getting on, it leads to the next. It leads to the next. It we said it last year. He is the straw that stirs this offensive drink. 
no matter if it's power or if it's just getting on base. And Timmy is vital to this team's future success. And if they want to win a World Series, I think Tim is a key cog in making this team successful because we already know the pitching's going to be there. We don't need seven runs like you had today. We just need five or six, like, to win a game in the playoffs. I think our pitching staff will take care of the rest. Um, the Sox did get some help. I mean, I mentioned the uh, that, that inning in the, the third inning where uh, Grandal drops the bunt down. They don't get to that point. Uh, Abreu doesn't walk if Kirloff doesn't botch that pop out there uh, on the uh, first baseline in the third. And then Nelson Cruz is thrown out at second in the fourth. And then in the fifth, Polanco gets picked off. I mean, the Twins, they were just not a smart team tonight. And you could see why a team with so much talent like that is in the position that they are in now. And I know they had bullpen issues largely in the beginning of the year, but that's just not winning baseball that they played tonight. The Sox were lucky to beat them, quite frankly, and they they gave them a lot of help over the course of that ball game. I just talked about it with Kenta Maeda. He wasn't his regular self today. Walking the yard, very wild, and the White Sox took advantage for the most part. I mean, they had more opportunities to take advantage of Kenta Maeda early in the game. Eventually, he uh, his wildness caught up with him, and the White Sox got a couple runs across. So, yeah, and the mistakes that you just named right there, not Minnesota Twins baseball. This is not the team that – has to do everything right for things to go right and usually they do it fundamentally they're usually sound but i don't know what's going on up there with rocco baldelli and the twins maybe the poor plays making them you know just play badly and press themselves because they know being 12 and a half games behind the white Sox is not an ideal spot at the end of june a uh, quick uh, tip of the cap also t- tonight to leary garcia Mm. Uh, doing a bang-up job at third base defensively and even getting a, a knock tonight and just a, a doing a nice job for Moncada, who was out with some uh, – his shoulder was barking, his throwing shoulder. That's not good. You never like to hear shoulder issues for anyone. Uh, but they don't believe that it's uh, IL worthy, so we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, just a nice job by Louis Leury filling in. But back to Lucas Giolito. We mentioned maybe there could be some comments that trickle out of this uh, out of this ball game tonight, and the first one, the first shot across the bow, is from none other than our guy Rick Giolito, Lucas's father, who uh, went to Twitter immediately after that game was over, and he says this: "I'd like to personally thank at Bringer of Rain Twenty, that's Josh Donaldson, for the motivational speech he gave my kid tonight." And then the fire emoji. So Rick Giolito's <laughs> got some thoughts. Basically exactly what I said. Lucas looked different after that inning. And uh, it, it had no doubt. It, it, was, it was correlated to what Josh Donaldson said, man. And again, it's just that, that Donaldson thing. You know, I know he's always looking for an edge. The guy's a gamer. I wish he was on our team during a lot of those lean years, you know, mm-hmm. because he was a guy that was always right there for you that, you know, kind of bounced around a bit. But there was no doubt in my mind that Lucas kind of took it up to the next level after after uh, hearing or at least maybe going back and seeing if he did not notice in the moment what uh, Josh Donaldson had said. But uh, I love Rick Giolito going out there and uh, giving him some love. But thank you, Josh Donaldson. That's uh, another instance where something he did during a game – uh, involving a home run, no, no less, that helped the Sox. I, yep. I believe win the game because you remember that game that the Sox clinched a playoff spot last year. One of the weirdest things ever, where Donaldson gets ejected from the game after hitting a home run against the White Sox uh, because of something he said to the umpire. So now you have him after a home run again, uh, you know, firing up Lucas Giolito, and it's to the point. Hey, 
Donaldson, give up one home run, and then you get him out of the game in one way or another, whether it's, you know, you fire up the opponent on the other side or you just literally get eject him from the game, I'm cool with that. Mitigate the damage because they got some thunder in that lineup, and if you can kind of mitigate that, I'm cool with that. But how about our guy Rick going out there, slapping fire at him? One thing you can't do with Rick Giolito is insult <laughs> his kids. You know, he can battle, he can play against them, play tough, hit a home run off him even. But once you start uh, accusing his son of something untoward, which you know, I don't know, you know <laughs> evidence is out there. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have some. He's gonna have some words for you, and that's beautiful right there. And to his credit, to Lucas's credit, he took it as such and shoved it. That maniac we saw in Oakland, you know, maybe not with the strikeouts, maybe not with the swing and miss. That maniac in Oakland showed up. Maybe that is why Lucas Giolito with less than good stuff, which I think late he had actually premium stuff that you saw with the slider and the changeup was working off well. But that maniac just showed, hey, I'm a battle and you guys aren't getting any more hits. You guys are going to be shut down for the most part when I'm in this game. So y'all can sit your ass down and I'm not going to hit you down. So I don't care about you. I don't care about you. And I don't want you on first base. I want your ass out. And he got pissed and you know Lucas and Rick talk all the time so that probably definitely got to after the the game was over looks like yet yeah, motherfucker <laughs> I had to oh. stick it up his ass oh, oh sorry sorry yeah, about that slipped. they slipped yeah. I got a, a both uh Tegna and my man uh Sully <laughs> yeah um all right we'll take a brief time out here we'll come back and we'll preview tomorrow's show that's next here on Locked on White Sox this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by a new friend it's our friends at Wild Alaskan we all know we should be eating more fish to get our omega threes and protein but the seafood counter can be intimidating at times which fish tastes the best? What type of cut? Can you really be sure about the quality? Well, Wild Alaskan Company takes the guesswork out of buying wild-caught seafood. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high-quality, sustainably sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon, whitefish, or a combination. And every month, there are different specials to explore. Each shipment contains premium, wild-caught, individually-wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook. That really sounds delicious, especially this summer. Throw some salmon on the grill. Folks, there's nothing better, I'm telling you. Wild Alaskan Company seafood is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no antibiotics. You can adjust, pause, or cancel your membership at any time, and they offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Get your nutrition from nature with Wild Alaskan Company. And right now, for our Locked on White Sox listeners, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit Wild Alaskan Company. Company.com slash MLB. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off of your first box. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. You know, baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action with our friends at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and even UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonuses and contest information and it's not just baseball you can bet on on a daily basis check out these cool prop bets you can place at bet online 
I mentioned the competitive hot dog eating contest in 2021. That's coming up soon. You can place a bet on who's going to win that. Right now, the over-under on Joey Chestnut, the GOAT, is set at 73.5 hot dogs. You can place a bet on that, over or under. How about this? You can place a bet on who is going to testify at the Ghislaine Maxwell trial? Or how about which TV network is going to host the Golden Globes? Or better yet, how about which country is going to be the first to be attacked by aliens? That's right. I'm not kidding, folks. It's all there for you at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason and aliens. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code locked on. Game two of the series with the Twins. Well, is it game game three technically because of the rain out? But uh, Sox looking to follow up with a, with another victory against the Twins, and they will have on the mound for the White Sox. It'll be Dylan Cease going for the Sox on the season. Dylan Cease is six and three with a three eight one uh, against Bailey Ober of the Twins, who's uh, Bailey. Bailey Bailey. Uh, he's zero and zero. No record. Let's give him one four six four earned run average. So got. Got to come back, build on this one, man. Like I hope the offense has been uh, awoken a little bit. You know, you need you need some more runs here. Like seven was just barely enough tonight. So hopefully the the, the bats can come through uh, against a right-hander tomorrow with a uh, a four and a half earn run average. Yeah, and one thing I'm going to the game. Ooh. Front, first time I'm going to be actually sitting in the the season tickets I purchased, <laughs> finally. It's, it's going to be July. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, giving away a couple and you yeah. know, before they gave me tickets, but it was in a different section. But, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Me and Rick Camp are going to the game. I'm, I'm thinking that. I, I don't have, believe it. Rick Camp. <laughs> I'm going to be outside of uh, Guaranteed Rate. Maybe I'll be doing the uh, the podcast from the red line. If we can get like a little while uh, reception there or my walk from up on the uh, stands down to uh, the street level will probably take like 15 minutes. You think we can do that tomorrow? Um, I mean, as long as I don't have to stay up any later than I normally do, uh, well, as long as you do it at the regular time, I'm willing to try anything at this point. Um, I mean, my phone, my phone is uh, it's got zoom on it, so I can probably do it that way. But, you know, I'm looking forward to this game because Dylan Seesk is a chance to get back on the bump. A team that is not Detroit, not Pittsburgh, but a team that's a little bit more offensively minded in the Minnesota Twins. It's going to be a tough challenge for him to get the job done versus likes of John, Josh Donaldson and Nelson Cruz. But I'm going to like that uh, challenge for him because this is the team that he'll be staring at for the rest of his White Sox career. All right, that's all I got. Looking forward to that. I think I'm going to head out there with the fam on Friday. I think it's time. I think it's time to, to get the fam down there against the Tigers. So uh, we uh, be looking for that, and uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Yeah, we'll talk to you right after the game ends, as soon as it ends, and uh, we'll hopefully maybe have some more follow-up here uh, from this uh, the Sox-Twins rivalry here. It's uh, great, man. It's great stuff. We're into July almost, and the Sox and Twins rivalry is, is just heating up as the Sox hopefully slowly bury the Twins. But that's all I got tonight, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23, and the show is at Locked on Sox, 312-566-8727 to reach us via voicemail or LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Go to Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube and subscribe at Locked on Sox. 
So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. I'll see you tomorrow at the ball game. Come and say what's up on Locked on Socks.